Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all. In the name of Christ our Lord. We are Christ's guests today in this time of worship as Christ invites us to come and to experience his presence as we share in worship, especially as we do so beginning this season of Advent. Uh, it is a great joy to gather with you, to gather at the Lord's table, and to journey through this holy season with you. So thank you for, for being here this morning, especially those guests, visitors who may be with us. You bless us by your presence. We pray this is a blessed time for us all as we worship. And just a reminder that as you look to your right or left, you'll find some registration pads because it helps us to know of you sharing in worship at First Church this morning. And I hope you are attentive to worship opportunities in particular as they are before us. This past Wednesday, we shared in our first midweek noon service on Wednesday, uh, our first Advent service. We will continue to do so each Wednesday during Advent. So I invite you, uh, encourage you to be here uh, if you're able this coming Wednesday at noon. We meet here in the sanctuary. We proclaim the word. We share in a brief celebration of the Lord's Supper and Jill Gardner will sing this coming week. Uh, it's about 30, 35 minutes and uh, just a, a wonderful part of our Advent journey. I encourage you to be a part of that be a part of the women's study on Tuesdays at noon in the Uptown Ministry Center. Uh, next Sunday, our, our children will lead us in worship uh, as Christmas around the world with both puppets and song. On uh, December the 23rd, a service of lessons and carols, two Christmas Eve services, and a reminder too uh, of the blue Christmas service that will be held in the chapel on Thursday, December the 20th. So again, wonderful opportunities before us in this season. I encourage you to be a part of them. Uh, note as well that tomorrow morning we will continue the donuts on the ministry corner at 8.30. Still could use a volunteer for that, so if someone's available, it's a wonderful ministry. Happens right here on the corner at the stoplight. Uh, so uh, if interested, please let me know. And do note these other ministry opportunities that are before us as we make our way through this holy season. Again, thank you for your presence. Thanks to all who have uh, put together this Hanging of the Green service, and it's a great joy to, uh, to begin our Advent season as we share again in the Hanging of the Green. I invite us to prepare to worship God together.
call to worship is before us. I invite us to stand as we share in this call. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. During this Advent season, let us learn of God's ways and walk in God's paths. We will sing the first four verses of O Come Emmanuel.
may be seated. I invite us to go to God with our opening prayer to do so responsibly. We find this prayer before us. Let us pray. O God, our rock and our salvation, so much of faith is waiting like a pregnant woman waiting in hope, like a people under siege holding out till relief comes, like the soul lost in the darkness, unable to see even a glimmer of light, yet stumbling through the night, because somewhere out ahead a day will surely break. God, be with us in our waiting. Living God, keep us awake in faith, faith that acts when our faith grows weary. Strengthen us when our faith grows fearful. Give us courage when our faith grows despairing. Give us witnesses, and when the faith of others falters, may we be a light in their darkness. Let us, through the great traditions of our faith, join with the shepherds of Bethlehem, the wise men from the East, and the seekers throughout the ages to welcome the one who came at Christmas. Let us at Christmas tide bring our gifts to him, and may the message of our songs be glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to peoples everywhere. decorate the church. Why do we do this? What does it mean? During Advent season, we prepare for the one who has come, whom we expect to come, and who will come again. We prepare our hearts and make room for the Messiah. In the hanging of the greens, we share with Christians throughout the ages the memory and anticipation of Christ's coming. We decorate our church with the symbols of love, joy, hope, and peace. Why do we do this? To tell the story again and then proclaim, Jesus is born. God is with us. Advent makes innkeepers out of all of us, asking each of us to make room for the arrival of Christ the King. Let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our lives, and our homes. The Advent wreath. This simple circle of evergreen branches testifies of the continuation of life and life without end. The four candles represent the four Sundays in Advent and encircle the Christ candle to signify God's Son as the light of the world. Each Sunday we will light a candle and on Christmas Eve the Christ candle will be lit. With increasing brightness from the candles we experience the light of the world and find hope in the coming of Jesus. And the Vaughn family will be lighting our Advent. Family for the lighting of our first Advent candle. And as they conclude the reading that accompanies the lighting of this candle, we have the sung response before us, and the choir will lead us as we come to that response. of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, which power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The wise men and shepherds saw signs that foretold Jesus' coming 2,000 years ago. 
Today we don't look for a single brilliant star to follow or for angels singing in the heavens. We look for other signs that Jesus is with us. <coughs> signs that we are feeding the hungry, healing the sick, clothing the naked, caring for the poor, working for justice and righteousness at home and in our world. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And so we watch and wait and stay alert watching again for the coming of Jesus. And we light a single candy, candle of preparation. preparation of the glorious day. lesson this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring forth for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We share the gospel lesson from the 21st chapter of Luke. It is gospel scripture that was anticipated as part of the lighting of the first advent candle as Will spoke of the scripture of foreboding and all this apocalyptic material. We share that word as we share from Luke chapter 21. First we pray. Lord speak to us that we would hear. Give us eager hearts, attentive hearts, that your word may dwell within us and bear fruit and draw us closer to you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and upon the earth distress of nations in perplexity at the roaring of the seas and the waves, men fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, look up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a snare. For it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. But watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. 
This is the word of our Lord. When our younger daughter, Liz, was in high school, I'm sorry, did I? Our choir, our chancel choir, so. is leading our children to children's church. When our younger daughter, Liz, was in high school, and I feel like I've said that before, Liz, along with every other student at the school, was required to take a class titled family life. Within this family life curriculum, there was instruction regarding communication skills, knowledge of human development, decision-making skills, there was positive self-esteem exercises and instruction regarding healthy interpersonal relationships. All of this attended to with the goal of developing healthy family traits that would serve the students and their families well in high school and beyond. Well, as part of this class, there was a particular exercise in which each student was required to participate. The exercise was this. Each student, including our daughter, 
was to take home and to care for, for a few days, baby, think it over. Yes, baby, think it over. And you're right, it is an interesting name. Why such an interesting name? I'm glad you ask. <laughs> baby, think it over is so named because the hope was, in this family life curriculum, that having spent a few days in the blessed presence of this baby, these students would then think it over before having a child too quickly. You see, Baby Think It Over was, yes, a baby doll, but not your regular baby doll. Because Baby Think It Over was basically a computer disguised in baby clothing. He was a computer specially programmed. He was programmed to cry at certain intervals. He was programmed to let you know when he was hungry. He was programmed to let us know when he needed changing. He was programmed to waken us at certain times during the night, at many certain times during the night. Again, why was he called Baby Think It Over? Because it sounds better than baby sleep deprivation. <laughs> and due to the way Baby Think It Over was wired, he recorded the manner in which each student responded or did not respond when he required attention. So one's care or lack thereof toward this child counted greatly toward one's grade. So it would not have helped our daughter's grade at all to place baby think it over in, say, a closet or the cedar chest or the garage, and Paula wouldn't let me do that. Not that I ever considered such things, despite the many ways Baby Think It Over disrupted our nice, serene, domestic bliss. A bliss years removed from having to tend to the needs of a baby. Well, who knew a baby could be so disruptive? Well, even if we recall that children in general may disrupt our lives, we may be slow to recall how the child Jesus disrupts, unsettles our lives. I mean, we see all these sweet images of Jesus, don't we? The images of a serene, beatific infant Jesus upon Christmas cards or in nativity scenes. And we sing of little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. And we are simply making our sweet way to Bethlehem, assured Jesus will bring nothing but bliss and goodwill and tidings of comfort and joy. Nothing disruptive about baby Jesus, right? No need to think it over in regard to making room for baby Jesus. Well, if that is so, why do we read this scripture that we read from Luke this morning. If that is so, if there's no disruption with the advent of Jesus, why do we share scripture speaking to us of the apocalypse? Signs in sun and moon and stars, distress of nations, men fainting with fear and foreboding, watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place. This scripture on the, the first Sunday of Advent? This scripture when we are simply on our way to welcome sweet baby Jesus. At some point we hear this scripture and say, wait a minute, that just doesn't compute. At some point we hear that and say, it, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't feel right. It's certainly not in sync with the mood of everything else around us, the Hallmark Channel and Christmas stations and so forth. But the truth is, there may be no more appropriate scripture for this Sunday than the apocalypse. There may be no more appropriate scripture for us than this. Because this scripture helps define who we are. And this scripture speaks to us now of the direction of our lives, especially in this season of Advent. 
Because really, we as followers of Jesus, we're a people called to follow a different direction than that chosen by the surrounding culture. And if there is a season in the church year which witnesses to how counter-cultural we are, how against the grain we in the church are, it's this season of Advent. You see, this season well illustrates just how disruptive we are as followers of this disruptive Jesus. This season well illustrates how unsettling we as followers of Jesus are in comparison to the culture by which we are surrounded. So we do well to hear this word of apocalypse because there is something apocalyptic about our life as the church. We know at this time of year, while the rest of the world wishes to rush to December the 25th, we in the church, we insist this journey is not to be hurried. This journey cannot be hurried. We don't set the pace for this Advent journey. It is God alone who sets the pace we follow. And while there is all around us frantic busyness, the hurrying from one place to another, we in the church hear these apocalyptic words and we pull back and adopt the posture of watching waiting and preparing. While so many around us believe significance in this season is to be found in what we can accumulate, in what we can purchase, you and I in the church, we live so as to align ourselves with one who comes to give his life for all. While for many, December the 26th will be the saddest and bleakest day of the church year, a day of letdown and it's all over and what do we do now? We in the church, we know that our time with Jesus has just then begun. These apocalyptic words, these words speaking of the unsettling way in which God is at work in this world, they are words appropriate to us in the church as we prepare and watch and wait for Jesus. So we prepare and we watch and we wait as we observe this annual service of the hanging of the green. And we do this remembering that the observing of ritual is so vital to our lives. We remember that the observing of such ritual may witness to how out of a step we are with the culture in which we live. I mean, we have shared in narrative and we have shared in symbol and in ritual why we live as we do and why we behave as we do and why we believe what we believe. And we do so because we not only wish to read and talk about what God is doing in this season, you and I wish to participate in what God is doing in this season. So we take part in these rituals that witness to the fact that we approach this time of year so differently from others around us. We light Advent candles, all with accompanying word and scripture and sung response. And in this place of worship, we light not a Christmas tree, but a Chrismon tree. And there is a difference. Because this is a tree whose symbols tell of God's story of salvation all the way from Genesis Revelation. And we place nativity scenes witnessing to the birth of God's Savior for all people. And we may even follow at home with our families Advent calendars. These calendars, day by day, guide us, enlighten us, and help us prepare to receive God's gift of salvation. And as we begin this holy season of waiting, watching, preparing, you and I find nourishment this morning for our journey as we find our place at the table of the Lord. And all of this is done according to God's timing and to the timing of no one else. 
You see, these and other rituals are sacred and life-giving rituals. And as we take part in these rituals, we also take part in all that God is doing in this holy season. We participate in God's holy work of salvation. It is true, disruptive work this may be, because work of salvation disrupts those notions that the significance of this season is found in how much we do, in how crowded we keep our calendars, and how much we spend. Work of salvation disrupts any idea that the good news of this season is something that we create from our efforts. Work of salvation disrupts any idea that the season is about us. Work of salvation extends well beyond December the 25th. Well, there is something disruptive in all of this, isn't there? There is something disruptive in the arrival of and in the presence of the Christ child. But we cannot stand in the way of the work of God because he fulfills his saving word. This child comes to stay with us. He comes thankfully to disrupt our lives. So now we watch and we wait and we prepare. Amen. As our ushers prepare to come forward, just a reminder that this being the first Sunday of the month, the Sunday in which we receive the Lord's Supper, the mission boxes are before us. Uh, so if you'd like to contribute to the mission ministries of the church, there's the opportunity to do so as you come forward for the Lord's Supper. 
And just a reminder as well that once the ushers have received the offering, our doxology will be a doxology particular to this season of Advent as you see it before you. I invite our ushers to come forward. Let us pray. Lord, in this season in particular, we remember your love for us, a love expressed in the gift of your Son. May these gifts returned unto you be worthy witnesses to the love we have for you and the desire we have to accept Christ and follow him always. Amen.
we witness to the greatest gift. The greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of God in Christ Jesus. All that we do at this holy season points to that expression of holy love. Christ came as a babe in Bethlehem, God's gift at Christmas. As Christians, we seek to pass on our heritage to our children and to those who, by faith in Christ, become part of the family of God. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine that the gift goes on. We share now, in receiving this gift as we share in the great thanksgiving, I'll invite you to turn to page 9 in the front of your hymnals. We do this because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I will lead us through the prayer of great thanksgiving, and the words as I offer them will differ slightly from what is before you, because the words as I offer them will be appropriate in particular to this season of Advent, but your responses will be the same. They will be three sung responses, and as we approach those and come to those responses, the choir will lead us in sharing those responses. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own Son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, with the confidence that we have as children of God, we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord. He has set a place for each of you. Each of you is invited to come forward. As you come forward, you will see two stations here. You will receive a portion of the bread at each station. You're invited then to dip that into the cup that is held before you. As you feel led, you may kneel here for a word of prayer as well. Our choir will come forward. Please come to the table of our Lord. closing prayer. I'll invite us to share these words of prayer as we conclude the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. People say that a name is everything. Products are named to make everyone want to try them. Books are named to entice people to read them. A name with a good reputation communicates trustworthiness and quality. So what is God's child to be named? He could have been Moses, or a David, or an Isaiah, but the name chosen was Emmanuel, God with us. It is a name that comforts in times of need and stress, strengthens in times of challenge and decision, and encourages in moments of weakness and doubt. God with us, forever, continually. What a great name for God's Son. Thank you for your help during this time of worship. We're going to stand and share in the closing hymn, Come Share the Lord, and it's a, 
a beautiful hymn that we may expect before we share in the Lord's Supper, but we find this such an appropriate hymn to share as we go from this place, having shared in the Lord's Supper, knowing that we are people of direction, uh, as we shared in the prayer of the great thanksgiving, that the day will come when we are gathered in the presence of Christ at his table. So we do anticipate that day, and it is right that we stand and share this song now. Let us stand. We have been nourished for our Advent journey, and now we anticipate great things having been fed by our Lord and Savior. Go now in peace as a light to the world. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sing we, O Christmas morning, sing 